If you're listening online, we are, are turning to Psalm chapter 121. It is a beautiful psalm. It's a psalm of degrees, and we're going to talk about that some more, and we're going to finish up probably next Wednesday. I don't think I'll, I'm fairly certain I will not get through uh, complete my, my notes for tonight. Uh, I'm, I, pray, I won't do it, so we'll, we'll finish up next week. Psalm 121 says for us, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth. And even forevermore. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading of this wonderful psalm. In your outline, I've actually asked you a couple of key review questions. The first page, review question R1 is, what does the song of degrees stand for? And there were several ideas, such as uh, uh, each one was in a higher degree. Now, what are the songs of degrees? They are Psalms 120 through Psalm 134. There are 15 together. And uh, sometimes perhaps it was they were journeying back to the promised land after the Babylonian captivity. Perhaps they're the ingathering of the Jewish exiles. Perhaps it was related to the ark moving, being moved to Jerusalem. Perhaps, and often as Martin Luther thought, it was the steps. As they go a step higher, they stop and sing a, new, a degree higher. It was uh, Alfred Edersheim said he believed, very possibly, it was each verse gets a little bit more explanatory and raises the bar of, of I lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not, and each time you're raising the bar of what God has done. I, I, I have personally landed on the one I believe it refers to is the book of Hezekiah. Book of Hezekiah. King Hezekiah and his, uh, the, the very famous time when he was sick. And as you well know, he prayed and God said, what would you have me do to prove it? Uh, that I mean business. He said, well, the, uh, the sundial going down is not so much, but going backwards. And it went back 10 degrees. So Hezekiah wrote 10 of the 15 of these Psalms. David wrote four. And who wrote the other one? Solomon. 127 written by Solomon. So these 15 in a row, Hezekiah wrote 10. That might even be question number two. The three human authors were Hezekiah David and Solomon. Hezekiah obviously living a lot later than David and Solomon, uh, maybe 150 years approximately. Uh, and what king, then three, of course, was Hezekiah. Hezekiah, if you remember, where would we place, I'm not sure it's in here, but where would we place Hezekiah as far as being a good king? He was the best. The best. Only one even has more notoriety probably as being a good king was David, but he was, there was none like him except for possibly David. But certainly of the southern, only the ten, the two north, southern tribes, he was the best of them all regarding spiritual things. The only wrinkle we have is when he allowed the Babylonians to tour and see all the things he had. They're going to lose those. And that's the one bad thing that he did. Uh, so that would be number four is what could well have been the situation for which Psalm 121 was composed. And I was just thinking uh, as I was coming home from work or going to the hospital from work, uh, I went to Frankfurt and back today. So I've been on well over 300 miles today traveling. Uh, so I would just think that shall go in and out from this time forth 
and even forevermore. If the Shenekerib's army is coming toward Jerusalem, you're not going out of the city. I mean, you're going to lock it up tight and they couldn't escape. But with God in control, my help coming from the Lord, he will guard our going in and coming out from this time forth and even forevermore. And what a wonderful promise. So the key situation could be Sennacherib. And how many men were in Sennacherib's army? Do we know at least how many? You know this, I believe. Andrew knows this. What do you think? 180-some thousand. 180-some thousand warriors coming to Jerusalem to fight. So Necharim had cleaned the clock of everybody else, and now he's coming to Jerusalem. So if you want to get to turning over to 38, as we uh, Isaiah 38 for just a moment, Isaiah 38. Uh, it was number five. He was very good. Six, what two main events in Hezekiah's life were Sennacherib's invasion and his sickness. Those are the two main events we have recorded in Hezekiah's life. Sennacherib's invasion, imminent invasion, and the sickness. Now, if you will know, Sennacherib did not win and did not take over Jerusalem because of God's mercy. And how did the degrees fit in Hezekiah's life? Well, they fit in because God gave him, gave him and how many more years? 10 degrees and 15 years. So that does that not fit in with Songs of Degrees? He wrote 10, but there were 15 total, 15 years, and perhaps he used David's two, four psalms and Solomon's one song to have those 15 years, a song for each year. So it, that, in my thinking, now you don't have to agree with that interpretation of where it came from, but it fits the bill. I mean, if you're, we know Hezekiah wrote 10, so... What, what was going on in Hezekiah's life? Well, this was what was going on in Hezekiah's life. And so that is, is what I, I'm thinking, but you certainly can choose another point. But I want to read again this thing that I really went too fast through last time. So that would be Isaiah chapter 38. And just recall this wonderful story, Isaiah 38. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. And I wonder what we would do if God said that to us tonight. How much would we have to do? Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Abraham, or God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee in this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend the city. And this shall be a sign unto thee from the Lord, that the Lord will do this thing he has spoken. Behold, I will bring again the shadow of the degrees, which is gone down in the sundial of Ahaz ten degrees backward. So the sun returned 10 degrees by which degrees it has gone down. Now the other account, or there is the option, I believe, in the second king's account. The writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, when he had been sick and was recovered of his sickness. I said in the cutting off of my days, I shall go to the gates of my grave. I am deprived of the residue of my years. I said, I shall not see the Lord, even the Lord in the land of the living. I shall behold man no more with the inhabitants of the world. Mine age is departed and is removed from me like a shepherd's tent. I have cut off like a weaver of life. He will cut me off with Pining sickness from day even to night wilt thou make an end of me. I reckon till morning that as a lion, so will he break all my bones. From day even to night wilt thou make an end of me. 
Like a crane or a swallow, so did I chatter. I did mourn as a dove. Mine eyes fail with looking upward. O Lord, I am oppressed. Undertake for me. What shall I say? He hath both spoken unto me, and himself hath he done it. I shall go softly all my years in the bitterness of my soul. O Lord, by these things men live, and in all these things is the life of my spirit. So wilt thou recover me and make me to live. Behold, for peace, I have bitterness, great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption, for thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. Amen to that. For the grave cannot praise thee, death cannot celebrate thee, they that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. The living, the living shall pray, he shall praise thee as I do this day. The father to the children shall make known thy truth. The Lord was ready to save me, therefore we will sing my song songs to the string instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. Now Isaiah said, let him take a lump of figs and lay it for a plaster upon the boil and he shall recover. And Hezekiah also had said, what is the sign that I shall go up to the house of the Lord? Annette, I wish you could take figs today, put them on whatever ails you, make it better. Wouldn't that be something? Here, fig it. Mm, put a fig here, fig it. I'd have put figs all over my neck on, on the Friday night, get all those things going back down. But Hezekiah, God saved his life and gave him 15 more years. So there is the lifting of sight. 121, I lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. We have heard of the terrors uh, of the uh, humankind. There was ISIS, how they treated people so terribly, and, and people are taking over. We've heard of the atrocities even of the uh, Ukrainian people given to them by the Russian soldiers toward children. There are atrocities of the drug lords bringing people over in from Mexico into America, how they treat the children, little girl children especially. It's absolutely horrendous. That's what the Syrians did. They were terrible, terrible people. They were I remember I was just telling a lady today at the dinner time, I think it was, I mean, it wasn't dinner, but it was at the, uh, one of the meetings today, I said, uh, when I was in Romania, uh, if you remember that Ceausescu was a terrible dictator, the people hated him so much that when they, when they killed Ceausescu and his wife, they shot each one with like 75 bullets, and they just, for her, they started from the top of the head down, she couldn't even be recognized, but for him, in order for them to know that he was dead, they started from the neck down so everybody would know he still was the one who got killed. They were so angry, and just and that was the result. There are a lot of people who have no purpose other than just to be mean. Not talking about the people of Romania, they had to be under such oppression. But this be, and that's what Assyria was. They were a terrible, they tortured, they flayed people alive. You can imagine the rumors, what if they come? Can you imagine us? We're here in America, and the Chinese are on both of the ends of, of the nation, and they're marching in toward Kentucky, and they have, I'm sorry, I didn't say, uh, uh, foreign power is marching in toward Kentucky, and, and they've been ter acting terribly, or let's just say like the worst of the worst uh, ISIS people type people were marching in, and if we don't do something, if they catch us, it's going to be terrible. And so they would be, it'd be disconcerting, would it not? Matter of fact, when, when, Rahab said of the people of Jericho, we've heard about what your God has done, Israelite, the two Israelite spies, and our hearts did what? They used the word melt. Our hearts melted for fear. We would have that in America. And can you imagine? If, if, if they don't give in and surrender and become their slaves, they fight it out, and when they are attacked and they finally do give in and, and, and their holding of the fort has been demolished and they're... Our enemy army comes charging in. There's going to be rape and pillage and all these different things and slaughter. So the lifting of sight, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. So the person 
I will lift up mine eyes. Uh, find Hezekiah says that. And uh, question two, I believe, is what pronoun is used in 121? I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. I like that first person pronoun. Uh, in this case, for it was his. How does it affect us? I believe it's for you and I. The song we sang, Rejoice in the Lord. Uh, how, Mr. Hamilton, I don't how many people have been moved by that. Oh, rejoice. He makes, and when, and when I am tried, and purified. It's not Mr. Walmack or Mr. Dickens or Mr. Gary or whoever else. I shall come forth. See, that's, that's me. It's, it's, we are all to serve the Lord for him, and I will be the one examined, and I shall come forth. And that's the prayer. I wish I pray that you all come forth as gold too. But the goal that God has for me and each individual is that we are tried and come forth as gold. I like the first person pronoun when I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. Alfred Edersheim says, my help cometh from the Lord means I require to remember that my help cometh from the Lord not only when seemingly there is no outward help from men or otherwise, but also and especially when all seems to go well with me, when abundance of friends and help are at hand. For then surely I am most in danger of making an arm of flesh my trust and thus reaping its curse or else of saying to my soul, take thine ease and finding the destruction that attends such folly. What he's saying is, it's when we have it good, and things are going, and we seem to have our ducks in a row, and they're even quacking together. Well, we don't need the Lord so much, but it's when we, the bottom falls out. It's like when you have a day teaching school where you never ever want to go back to school. And I've had those days teaching school, like, I don't ever want, you know, it's like, it's so many difficult, I don't ever want to go back to that job again. Or, or this, and, and God, nope, tomorrow we'll just start again. And perhaps you've had jobs like that. I don't ever want to do, drive that truck again, or I don't want to weld that thing again, or be around that person again. And so what, when we have things going well, Edersheim says, that's when we've got to be most careful. I will lift up my eyes into to the hills, and whence cometh my help. It's, I was reading a survey. Miss Becky sent me a survey. Just It was taken just this past weekend. It came out September the 3rd. Listen to the statistics. This is because of men have trusted, even pastors have started trusting their own arms instead of God. A third of senior pastors believe good people will earn their way to heaven, says a survey September the 3rd, 2022, taken by Cultural Research Center of Arizona Christian University. In a worldwide interview or inventory of 2022, examined more than three dozen beliefs held by pastors. Researchers found that in addition to believing that people can merit based salvation based solely on their good works one-third of senior pastors surveyed also believe the holy spirit is not a person but rather a symbol of god's power others said that moral truth is subjective sexual relations between two unmarried people who love each other is morally acceptable and the biblical teaching on abortion is ambiguous at least a third of senior pastors surveyed believe that socialism is preferable to capitalism and that allowing property ownership uh, facilitates economic injustice, which researchers could say could point to the increase of cultural and political influence in the church. After data reported earlier this year found that just 37% of Christian pastors have a biblical worldview. Can we just stop right there? 37% of pastors, 37% have a world, biblical worldview. I'm thinking that if you're a pastor, that should be like, oh, hello, duh. 
I mean, what are you? If you, if you don't have a biblical worldview, what, well, I have a man-centered worldview, and we wonder why we're struggling in the church so much across the world, because the pastors have not held forth truth of God's word. Among evangelical pastors, around 43% said they do not believe that the personal accumulation of wealth is provided by God for the individual to manage those resources for God's purposes. And another 39% said there is no absolute truth. I'm telling you, we have absolute truth in our hand or in your lap. It's God's word. It's absolutely true. And so we, I, we, we don't wonder, and I know you don't wonder, why our church has no power because we have lost the power of God's word and the inerrancy of God's word. This, without this, you might as well close the doors, lock them up, turn the air conditioner off, and just let it melt, whatever, because this is what, without this. So we must take solace in this terminology back to our text in 121. I will lift up. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face. That should be us. The holy man here, says Spurgeon, who here, who's singing uh, a choice sonnet, he looked away from the slanderers by whom is tormented to the Lord who saw all from his high places and was ready to pour down his help for the injured servant. The slanderer is found in Isaiah 36. You want to hold your finger for just a minute or just let it go? Let it go. Let it go. Isaiah 36. Look at the slanderer. His name begins with R and he has a shaka in there. I'll just read just a little bit of that. In 36 of Isaiah, came to pass in the 14th year. Now this is Sennacherib coming toward Jerusalem. He sends his mouthpiece, if you would, Sennacherib. Rabshakeh. Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against the defense cities of Judah and took them, and the king of Assyria sent Rabshakeh from Lachish to Jerusalem under King Hezekiah with a great army, at least 185,000, and he stood by the conduit of the upper pool and the highway of the fuller's field. Then came forth unto him Elkiah, Hilkiah's son, which was over the house of Shebna the scribe, and Joah, Asaph's son, the recorder. And Rabshakeh said unto them, Say ye now to Hezekiah, Thus saith the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this wherein thou trustest? I say, thou sayest, but they are but vain words. I have counsel and strength for war. Now on whom dost thou trust that thou rebellest against me, says king of Assyria? Lo, thou trustest in the staff of this broken reed on Egypt, whereon if a man lean, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh king of Egypt to all that trust him. And look at seven. But if thou say to me, we trust in the Lord our God. Is it not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah hath taken away and said to Judah and to Jerusalem, ye shall worship before this altar? How does he know this? How does Rabshakeh of the Assyrian army know that Hezekiah has brought great moral reform, torn down the high places where Israel was worshiping erroneously, and he says, is this the Hezekiah that took down your worship places and, and you're following him instead of... Talk about slandering, and the whole chapter is slandering Hezekiah. Slander, slander, slander. So Hezekiah says, you know what? I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. I'm going to come with my help. So that's the person, and there's the place. My help cometh from the Lord. The hills. Now, Jerusalem, question three, is built on hills, not in a valley. You will, I'm sure you know that. Now, the hills are not just simply the, the hills, actual hills, uh, physical hills necessarily, but the person of the God of the hills. 
And question four, in the days of the Old Testament, what were often set up on the high places? And those were the altars to foreign gods. Even the Assyrians knew in that verse we just read, 36.7 of Isaiah, that Hezekiah had torn them down. Recently, the high places of Baal or Baal had crowned them and licentious rites had been enacted there. Israel was now paying for polluting the hills. There was no help in the hills themselves. It wasn't. America, we have turned our, and and it's not not even my notes, but we've turned our back in many ways on God. We, We are reaping what we have sown. We have sown to the wind, and I believe we are reaping a whirlwind. I think the world as a whole, they've sown to the wind. Have you ever seen it so much or as, as ready for a, an international one-man ruler of the world to come in, to take his place, to get the Jews in a good spot, and to take over? I mean, the Antichrist is just it's getting... The stage is being... Uh, personal opinion, but the stage has never been more set, I don't believe, than it is now. The world's such in turmoil uh, worldwide. Question number five. Now, elevation of Jerusalem... In comparison to the Mediterranean Sea and the Dead Sea, Jerusalem was 2550, 2,550 feet above sea level. It's about a half a mile, I guess. Yes. Yes. 2,550 feet above And above the Mediterranean or the Dead Sea then was 3,800. It was 3,800 feet above the Dead Sea. From the top of Jerusalem all the way down to the Dead Sea, 3,800 feet elevation. So Jerusalem is definitely up, uh, uh, elevated. You always go up to Jerusalem. So he's singing. His eyes are looking at the hills, the scenery. I looked at my eyes and to the hills. From whence cometh my help? Where does your help come from? My trust is from the God of heaven. The Lord is sovereign also. The omnipotence, verse number two, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. What we need is help, powerful help, efficient help, constant help. We need a very present help in troubles, what we need. What a mercy that we have in our God, is it not? He is always there. We don't have to wonder, is he going to be listening to us now? We can allow sin in our lives to keep that, breaks that fellowship, not relationship. But if, the, you know, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. His help is on the road. It will not fail to reach us in due time. When we pray, he is listening as we walk with him. Heaven and earth are at the disposal of he who owns them all. So when we say, I lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord. That is it. I was talking to a lady today about, we were talking about extraterrestrials. I said, there are, we can't call on the Romulans, the Remans, or the Klingons, or the Vulcans. They, they don't exist. There's just but one there's just but one intelligent race in all the universe. Now, there are very clever uh, fallen angels that can disguise themselves. I can't answer all your questions about all the things people supposedly have seen. But I'm telling you, Christ died for one people. Did not die for the angels? He died for mankind. There's but one cross. Because, how do you know? The Bible says he died once. He didn't die at a planet another. You know, he died here. This is, this is, this is where he's going to reign. The Bible is clear. This is the eternal abode of God. This new earth. It's not, it's, where do we get, where'd you go? Well, the man's imagination is so vivid at times. It's just that imagination. Now, there, again, there are fallen angels that can do a lot of different things. Mimic, look like people, etc. But we find that this, the God that we are serving is our God. He's the God of this earth. He's the God of Israel. There was a helper. Isaiah said in 49, 
40 verse 9. O Zion, thou that bringest good tidings, get thee up to the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. They lived the same time. Isaiah, Hezekiah. Behold your God. I wonder if Isaiah had already said those words to Hezekiah. We'll stop right there. We'll unhitch our wagon. And then, Lord willing, next Wednesday, we'll close up on this wonderful psalm. I encourage you to read it again. And let us pray together. Lord, help us to be readers of your word every day. We thank you for these songs of degrees that you have given. Thank you for Hezekiah pouring out his heart to us even now, through the Holy Spirit pouring out his heart to us through the pen of Hezekiah, if you would. May we take these psalms, be encouraged, be with the multiplicity of needs we have of our church family even this evening. We humbly, we humbly ask, we're lifting up our lives even now to you who are our help. Continue to be that, and we thank you that you are these things. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.